Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket Podcast, where we inspire collaborative thinking, improved outcomes, and business success with today's most successful and inspiring healthcare leaders and influencers. And now your host, Saul Marquez. Outcomes Rocket listeners, welcome back once again to the Outcomes Rocket, where we chat with today's most inspiring and successful healthcare leaders. I really want to thank you for tuning in today, and I invite you to go to outcomesrocket.com slash reviews. So you could give us an Apple podcast review if you enjoyed what you listened to today, or if you've just been enjoying it in general. Love hearing from our guests as well as our listeners. And so today I have an outstanding guest for you. His name is Jack Barrett. He is the CEO for WeGo Health. He's been in healthcare for quite some time, but WeGo Health is the first online home for consumer health activists, social media's most active 10%, passionate people about helping others lead healthier lives. He's just done an incredible job of putting together his skills in technology, as well as being at the forefront of all that is in healthcare to really create this amazing environment as well as place where people can make an impact and get their voices heard. So what I want to do is open up the mic to Jack so you could round out that introduction. Jack, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, so. Great to be here. Yeah, I've been in healthcare too long, as you said, but WeGo Health is 10 years old this year, which we're proud of. We like to think ah, of ourselves as a, a 10-year-old startup, but we, we now have over 125,000 patient leader members of our network around the country and around the world. So Amazing. it's terrific to be here today. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you've, you've definitely done some major work to create a spark there for patient leaders. What got you into this business to begin with? I've been in healthcare marketing communications for my entire career. I was undergrad at Tufts and I actually, my first job while I was still at Tufts, I started working for a PR agency in Boston. And, you know, we had a number of different clients. I wrote press releases about the Ringling Brothers Circus that was coming to town and come see the train full of animals. And that was okay. And I, I went out and opened a hotel in the suburbs of Boston. And we wrote about how another holiday in was just crucial to mankind. But then I started doing work with the Tufts uh, Research Nutrition Center on Aging in Boston. And, and I met people who were there who were both uh, the, the healthcare professionals and the patients who were there who were you know, really interested in, in aging as a disease, as a, as a process. And I became fascinated. I said, well, this is something I can write about. And I became passionate about it as a client, spent way too many hours and got in trouble for that. But since then, I've always felt that, that communicating about health, talking about health is, is a passion for me at every level, both personally and professionally. That's awesome. And so really appreciate your, your passion. It shows and I hear it in your voice. What is it about this space that intrigues you? And, and how is your current company, WeGo Health, tackling that? What has always intrigued me about healthcare is, is its complexity and how it always has felt like, I think Esther Dyson called it a hairball at one point, right? That it's, there's so much to cut through to get to the point where we're actually just taking great care of patients and doing everything to focus on their well-being, be it preventative or acute disease treatment, that there's just so much to figure out but and so many problems to solve. And I love solving problems. So that has gotten me involved with a particular way to get at those problems. I believe that the answer to Virtually every problem is patients, and every question you ask about nice. healthcare is like, well, where does it come back to patients? And it's it's not a platitude, right? It's it's a, this is really a workforce. It's a passionate set of folks who are obviously the end users of healthcare, but there's so much more. They can do so much more to to fix what's ailing healthcare, but also to make it something that continues to reinforce why doctors got into it in the first place for, for the joy of taking care of people. So 
for me, that's the fun part is solving problems in healthcare. And there's plenty to solve. Yeah, for sure, Jack. And maybe you could dive into how WeGo Health actually works because I had a chance to, to go through it. I think it's pretty cool, but I want mm-hmm. the listeners to really get a feel for what you're doing over there. Sure. Well, as I said at the outset, WeGo Health is at core a network of 125,000 now patient leaders, the folks who are the most active and organically passionate patients in the healthcare space. So these are the 4% who create 80% of the content online, for example, in the, in the influencer space. And our job is to empower and embed them into healthcare so they can get at fixing all these problems and contribute meaningfully directly to the healthcare system. Our most recent project that we're very excited about is we launched WeGo Health Experts. It's a platform that matches companies directly with our patient leaders as freelancers. What most people don't realize is that many patients had business lives before they got sick or even in the midst of a chronic illness, they've also had tremendous business skills they can bring to the table. So by empowering patients to work alongside patient professionals or with inside healthcare versus being just test subjects, we think we can really fix a lot. And that's what we're really focused on right now is our new platform, We Go Health Experts. I think that's super cool, Jack. And what advice would you give to healthcare leaders today trying to engage with patients more? What would you tell them? That's a really good question because it's surprising how hard it feels to engage with patients who, if you're in healthcare, you could probably make more money somewhere else. You could probably do something that was a little easier or you'll let you have more vacations, but it's still hard for people to connect with patients for real. And we spend a lot of time breaking through some of those barriers, conscious and unconscious. Number one, I would absolutely invite people to say, treat patients as peers whenever you can. Find people who you see as peers and and ask them to help solve real problems with you. I'm talking about problem solving a lot today, but I think that's a lot of what folks are afraid of is I want to hear your story as a patient. That's important. I want to be empathetic with you, but now I need to figure out how to get people through the discharge process faster. How can you help me with that? And a patient will give you prescriptive advice. How do I tell the world about the fourth new medicine on, on the market? That may not be so exciting from a chemical perspective, but for patients, it's about the dosing or it's about something else that's important to their community. So ask patients for prescriptive real-world advice to solve your real problems, and they will help you. They'll show you the way. They're not afraid. They would rather be treated as equals than as, as I say, test subjects. That's really interesting, Jack. And uh, I don't know if you've gone into any facility or any hospital looking to apply this advice. Have you, have you seen this type of advice be applied? Well, I think, interestingly, the providers, the hospital companies have done a lot of patient satisfaction surveying, that sort of yeah. thing. But I see the ACOs, like we're partnering with the Personal Connected Health Alliance, and which is now matched up with Connected Health and Partners Healthcare ACO in, in the Boston area. And that's an organization that's really looking at ways that they can build new devices with patients to solve problems or, or create a patient advisory board around saying adherent to therapy. So they're going beyond the patient sat survey that has been the, the ruler to say, what, how do we really get them inside and start fixing some things? And I think, I think providers are where there's the most impetus to get this done, but, but it's the rest of healthcare that also needs patients to solve problems. Like, you know, if you build a new medical device or you've got a or you're a digital health company, how do you drive adoption so the patients will will not just look at it, but will also try it and then stay with it after 21 days when most apps fail, right? Most apps are off your phone or part of the back screen of after three weeks. So how do you solve that? Patients will help you do it. Jack, you are the ultimate patient advocate. And I think it's so cool that you've decided to take this route 
And um, it's super empowering because like you said, as a patient, you have a life and you have a, you have a career. And then all of a sudden you become a patient and it's almost like you put on this cloak of like, you're no longer human sometimes. Exactly. We, we, we like to, you know, we hear about flip the clinic a lot, which is a cool concept. We talk about flip the patient. Think first of what they know as a professional, as a peer, as someone who can contribute to your organization, whether or not they were ill. And then think of their chronic illness and their experience from the inside of healthcare as a credential. It doesn't feel like a credential when you have asthma or, or MS or diabetes, but when you are working on a diabetes project and you're also a project manager or a UX designer, you bring a whole lot of passion and understanding and, and expertise that you can't learn through a focus group. Ah, that's so interesting. And, and listeners, if you're on the front line or if you're in a leadership capacity, think about this. You know, it's, it's a small shift but small shifts could lead to pretty big things. I heard a stat somewhere, I don't know what it is exactly, but the percentage of patients that recover, that feel that their physician had empathy toward them is much higher. And so what can you do to be more empathetic? Go beyond that. How can you see this patient as your peer? Exactly, exactly. And my doctor, I'm lucky, is Danny Sands. So I have this very unusually collaborative physician who you know, founded as now the, the executive chair of the Society for Participatory Medicine, of which we're also a proud sponsor. But for physicians to be able to look at patients as true collaborators to say, you know, go find this out for me, go home and test this, go home and look this up. Don't come back with a stack of everything you think I should know, but let's work together on your care. Make them your research staff. Make, and I mean that in a, in a collaborative way because that's, I think physicians can get back to the, the joy of practicing medicine where it's not just basic training anymore because you can get that on the internet. No one needs to have a definition of multiple sclerosis. Everyone wants to know what happens when it's relapsing and remitting and I've had it for 12 years and that drug isn't working anymore. Why is that happening? a good endocrinologist will work with folks to say, this is, this is how we address that. This is how we tackle that. For sure. Jack, give me an example and the listeners of how you guys at WeGo Health have improved outcomes by doing what you do. I love that endpoint for so much of what we do. And, and again, I think it is bringing the, the voice of the patient, not just as a voice, but as a path to the better outcome is, is really what we pride ourselves in doing. We're, you know, we're a for-profit company that looks like a nonprofit because we're always driving this mission of embedding that patient leader in there to say, okay, where are you trying to get from point A to point B? We're the ones that are going to, you know, it's called We Go Health because we talk about we go forward, we make progress. I mean, and we're not a support group that discusses and and embraces and provides only emotional support, which is so important. And there's a lot of folks doing that, but we're about how do we get to that outcome? How do we move you forward? How do we make that progress? And that means applying the right patient leaders. And for us, that means in many cases, vetting the folks who are ready to do the right kind of work right next to you as a, as a peer in the healthcare system and providing that support for the healthcare system to get toward that outcome faster. I love that. And you mentioned Dr. Sands. I had a chance to do breakfast with him while at the conference and uh-huh. He had this crazy analogy that hasn't left me and it will never leave me. He's like it's that. like the car wash, you know, the uh-huh. car wash of healthcare. You know, healthcare is too much like a car wash. You go in, they spray healthcare on you, and then you come out the other side and you're going to have to come back and then they'll spray more healthcare on you. you uh-huh. Instead, do what Jack does. We go health. Go together with your patient. That's right. And, and ask them to be the stewards of their own care and, and, and give them responsibility for that. I think we have to take, patients have to take responsibility as well for just letting someone else drive because, you know, I'm not paying necessarily directly. I don't quite understand how I pay. I'm, my doctor has been presented to me as the expert, so I'm not going to participate. You need to step up and, and be a part of it. And, and patient leaders have been really the, the role models for that, right? So showing mm-hmm. people this is what happens when you talk to your physician. This is what happens when you collaborate. You actually, you get a better outcome. We did an interesting survey of 
our patient leaders, we ask them, how happy are you with your physician? And you expect, well, these are the influencers who are really smart and self-educated. They're, you know, they're probably not going to like their doctors because they think they know everything. They gave them a nine out of 10 on a net wow. promoter score. And, mm-hmm. and we asked them why. And they said, well, the first guy wasn't listening to me. So I, I went to another one. And the second guy really didn't understand the latest science. So I went to another one. And, but this guy's fantastic. So what you find is that they knew how to find a physician who would collaborate and work with them. And that's why they were happy, right? It wasn't that the first physician they bumped into was okay. But a lot of patients do that. They will settle and they will find someone that's like any other relationship. They need to find someone with whom they can partner and have chemistry and make it happen. Wow. Yeah, that's really cool. Tell us a little bit, Jack, about a time when you guys had a setback and what you learned about it. That's a really good question. That And WeGo Health is definitely a fail-fast culture. Maybe not fail-fast enough sometimes. We launched a, something we called WeGo Health TV about four or five years ago when, when video was just coming onto the scene. And you know, YouTube was, believe it or not, still somewhat nascent. It wasn't the second largest search engine in the world yet. And we wanted to do WeGo Health TV as a channel for patient leaders to communicate with their audience. And what we found was there are so many social media channels and communication channels from patient to patient that adding another one, teaching a new technology early on, it's just, you're not really understanding the workflow of the busy patient leader who's running a community of, in many cases, tens of thousands of other people with lots of questions flying at them through lots of different channels. They don't need something else to do. They need another way to to be more effective and efficient, if anything. So I think the lesson we learned was don't get ahead of ourselves. Be sure Mm -hmm. that we've really, and I think that's a lot of what medicine does sometimes is doesn't respect the, the workflow of the patient, right? It's one thing to say, well, you know, take these pills seven times a day. Well, that's never going to work for me and I'll be non-compliant as a patient, but I don't want to say that. So I'll just kind of leave the office instead of, hey, here's something that doesn't work perhaps quite as well. And I may have some concerns, but I'm give you something that I know you'll take every day. And that, that mixing with the workflow, understanding the audience you're relating to, not just from a, a patient to physician basis, but also even in business as we seek better outcomes, say, will the patients actually be able to do this along with the rest of their lives? As you said, the car wash isn't, you don't go to the car wash every day, right? It's, it's once every couple of weeks, but the rest of their lives go on and you have to work into that, into that life. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I love your fail fast, fail forward culture. I think that's just the way that you got to have that mentality to succeed in healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. Give us an example of one of your proudest moments, Jack, in healthcare. I have to say that I'm sitting in Washington, D.C. at a hotel where we're having the the first live presentation of the WeGo Health Awards tonight. And for me, after 10 years, it's a culmination of a lot of what we've done. We have these awards that are nominated and judged and chosen by patient community to show their leaders that they appreciate them. And it's nice to be talking to you on the night when this is the first time we'll have done an in real life presentation. They've been online. They've been, they've been virtual for many years because our community largely is. But we have people from all over the world. We have Australia, we have the UK and, and across the US who have flown in to receive their Amazing. award tonight. And for us, it's just, it's humbling and it's honoring. And to me, it shows that patients are feeling an empowerment to step up and see each other and celebrate that the progress we've made. Because we have made progress, right? The lots of folks, the patients aren't involved enough. There's not enough patients. That's very true. Probably will always be true. But we've made great strides. So I, I look at tonight as, as a really proud moment. I'm really looking forward to it. That's so amazing, Jack. And I feel privileged to be here with you today. I feel the energy. You know, I, I don't know how many people are there, but I definitely feel the energy coming through. Well, thanks. Yeah, there's a lot of folks here and it's going to be, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be our own Oscars. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So tell us a little bit about an exciting project that you're working on. Well, you know, one of the things that we're, we're excited about is, is we talked about the WeGo Health Experts platform, which makes it easy for people to find their way to a vetted patient who can 
help them on that peer level. And we've, we've recently partnered with a personal connected health alliance, as I said. And what we love about that is those large organizations that have been working with Intel and, and the innovation labs, as well as we did another partnership recently with Startup Health, 200 portfolio companies in the coolest digital health space. And we're in HealthXL, which does a, a collaborative community of large and small players working together to solve problems in health. And, and all of those organizations working with us are embedding patients you know, directly into how they're building collaboration within the industry. So we're excited about those partnerships because it, it gives patients a chance to be, I will say, legitimized. Right? This, this right. is a credible way for you to put people at the table with those big players who've paid to be a part of these other organizations. They're, they see them as forward moving. And now those organizations have said, yes, we want these patient leaders who are ready to get to work to be next to us at the table. So that work of embedding our patients into the healthcare system to me is what's gotten me most excited. I think that's really interesting. So if I have a condition and I need to go have a procedure done, I just go to WeGo Health Experts and then somehow get tied up with somebody that is an expert patient and I could get advice from them? Well, the WeGo Health Experts is actually almost more of a B2B platform where oh, our, okay. our job is to, to vet the patient leaders who are ready to, to do work, right? To be the UX designer or to be the social content builder or to, or to help you conduct your market oh, research okay. study and to find those people within the patient leaders and then allow you as a small organization or a large one or a huge one to hire them as freelancers. So we're, we're building on that gig economy, right? Where everyone hires freelancers in real time, Upwork or Fiverr or whatever it may be. But this is the, the very carefully vetted folks from our very large community who can who can work with you side by side. So if you were doing your to your example, if you were looking to create a patient community around behavior change therapy, for example, and you wanted to have a, a support system that went around your online behavior change therapy program, you might hire one of our folks to be the moderator of your community and to find other moderators as it grows. Or if you have a you have one condition area that you're focusing on as an organization, you want to create content in a new one, you want to go from RA over to diabetes, you would hire a diabetes leader on our site who's ready to help you build that new capability. And, they, and they're reviewed and rated and they present their work expertise like any other professional would alongside their health credentials. That is super cool. And I think it's really great because why not tap into the folks that know how to engage these populations yeah. instead of having to invent the wheel? Well, the really bad analogy I use, but it, everyone seems to understand it is, you know, if you were making the Nelson Mandela story, you wouldn't probably hire Jack Barrett, a white guy, to play the part, right? <laughs> I, I would try and I would feel passionate about it, but I wouldn't quite deliver that feeling. And why would you hire anyone other than a patient when you have side by side two professionals with the same expertise, one who's been there, lived that, survived that, and can deliver the passion at the same time? I think that's so great, Jack. And kudos to you and your team for putting this together. It's uh, so creative. We're really excited about it. We've gotten a lot of great response. We have over 200 companies on the platform since we launched in February with virtually no marketing. Um, we have you know, hundreds and hundreds of our of our experts are already there. We're bringing people on slowly because we don't want to have the marketplace imbalance of, of right. a lot more consultants than companies ready to hire them. But we're it is growing very fast. Word is catching on. These new partnerships are really going to help us. Super cool. So, Jack, let's pretend you and I are going to build a medical leadership course on what it mm -hmm. takes to be successful in medicine today. It's the mm -hmm. 101 course or the ABCs of Jack Barrett. And so we're going to write out a syllabus. There's four mm -hmm. questions in lightning round fashion. And then mm -hmm. we'll finish up with a book. You ready? Okay, ready. All right. What's the best way to improve healthcare outcomes? Best way is to engage and hire patients to be a part of your organization working alongside you. What is the biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid? 
biggest mistake or pitfall to avoid is to sit inside a room with other folks who are talking about or to patients without talking, without having them there with you at your side. And there's a theme here, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yep. How do you stay relevant as an organization despite constant change? That's absolutely a great question. I, we are constantly looking at the talking to our our own advisory board of patient leaders and asking them, you know, where they see things happening, what they what what shifts they feel, and trying to stay ahead of that. And that means testing in the market, getting out there, and and constantly asking the folks who are who are feeling what's happening out there versus the folks who are writing about it necessarily. Love it. What's one area of focus that should drive everything else in the organization? In the healthcare organization, the the only area of focus that should drive everything else, of course, is patient outcomes, and hence your podcast. But okay. I, the the idea that that can become a platitude unless we make it something different, right? That putting patients to work alongside us feels like progress and gives us a sense that we are we're able to be businesses and be proud of that. We're able to be a digital health company and be proud of needing to prove our investors that we we have a good idea as a business, but also have patients alongside us that every day will remind us why we're doing what we're doing. Jack, amazing points here on the syllabus. Definitely a course I would take. What book would you recommend to the listeners here? There's a couple, and, and I, I'll steal one from my no previous guest of yours from Robin Farman Farmian, whose name I just like to say, but also who's brilliant <laughs> and wonderful. Um, but her patient as a CEO is, is just a, it's the seminal, you know, kind of from her perspective, because she also has the credential and clout of an angel investor and, and such a mm-hmm. powerhouse entrepreneur and patient at the same time. And that's, she embodies the movement that we're talking about here in many ways. It's kind of one of those, one of those touchstones that other patient leaders look at and say, that's, that's the kind of thing we should do. So her book is terrific. I love her book. From a more general perspective, I love The Power of Habit, which is a book that's been a little while now, but it, it starts to talk about that workflow concept of you know, how do we habituate good health behaviors? How do we make people healthier for the long term? Even people with very serious illness want to have a habit of being healthier and feeling better. And how do you how do you encourage that through ways that are natural and, and support them with, with other patients and patient expertise versus trying to preach at people and say, follow this list or else. And I think that, that so understanding what habit means, I think is, is core to healthcare. I love it, Jack. Some great books there. We'll have to add power of habit. Definitely read patient as CEO. Robin's just amazing, like you said, and kind of embodied what you're doing there. Listeners, don't worry about writing these things down. Just go to outcomesrocket.com slash Barrett. And that's B-A-R-R-E-T-T-E. And you'll be able to find all of the show notes as well as the links to Jack's company and the books that he just recommended. Jack, before we conclude, I'd like for you to just share a closing thought and then the best place where the listeners could get a hold of you. Sure. My closing thought is that patience will always be the answer. And in many cases, that means that they will give you the answers if you if you ask. And it has been something that's kind of guided my company, my organization for 10 years now. So when you're worried about what to do, when you're kind of in one story I would tell is when we get people get a little ground down by, you know, clients being grumpy or this this market, this research study won't quite close on time, then what we do is we go out and have a meetup with our patient leaders. And when we get a chance to talk with them and work with them and ask them questions. They bring us back to why we're doing what we're doing. So that's, that's the thought I would close is when, when in doubt, go meet with a group of patients, they will, they'll re-empower you. That's the awesome. best way to get a hold of, of WeGo Health is WeGoHealth, W-E-G-O Health.com. And from there, you can leap off to our WeGo Health Experts platform as well, where you can go hire patient freelancers. It's free to set up an account, try it out, look around and see the amazing people you can hire to work with you side by side today. Outstanding, Jack. Well, hey, just want to say thank you once again. You guys are definitely focused on improving outcomes and so excited to see where this goes. It just, it just keeps getting better and better every time you do something new. Thanks, Saul. I appreciate that. That's high praise from you. 
Thanks for listening to the Outcomes Rocket podcast. Be sure to visit us on the web at www.outcomesrocket.com for the show notes, resources, inspiration, and so much more. 